Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Not So Native Podcast. Let me introduce your host. My name is Rob Lamb. And I'm Aaron Bailey. Kick back and let us take you on a journey as we explore some of Arizona's most fascinating people, places, and things to do. Are you ready? 67% of bankruptcies in the U.S. are due to medical bills. To help you avoid the pitfalls in coverage, high premiums, and ridiculous deductibles, I search all coverage options to find the best benefits for your budget for free. We protect independent contractors, small business owners, and their families. Heck, we've even beaten group plans to put more money back into your paycheck. Contact T Insurers for your top three quotes at 602 602- 315-8070 or T Insurers on Facebook. Welcome back. I'm Aaron. I'm Rob. And we are at the uh, Pine Strawberry. <laughs> Pine Strawberry Museum, right? Yep. All right. And we are with Mel Clement. Well, I'm the supposed president. <laughs> uh, are you the curator? I guess the... I guess I'm the curator. Man awesome. many hat. President curator. Uh, whatever Jack of all trades. So. The guy who unlocks the door for strangers in town wanting to record a podcast here. There we go. There. Well, uh, and, and <clears throat> we just chatted with about a few minutes ago. So, so native? Yeah. I'm a third generation Arizonan. Okay. All right. So I go way back to the 1800s. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's fascinating. I, I think that, that all that stuff is absolutely fascinating. So. Uh, we are in the historic museum, which was the original LDS church. church. 1915 to 1980. Okay. They wow. used this building. Then the school took it over for 10 years and used it as part of the school. Okay. Then in 1990, it became the museum. Ah. All right. So my forebears did a real good job of putting this museum together. Nice. I can't take that much credit for it. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been kind of the curator of, or president of the, or um, president probably rotates, but how long have you been doing something involved with the museum? Well, basically I've been for seven years. We do have trouble getting volunteers. Oh, okay. So we're working on that. We're trying to improve that. All right. So is this, uh, right here, is this what, what we some people call the pulpit where the, where the, yeah, the yeah. we got the pew and we have the original pulpit here and the original organ from when this was the LDS church. Wow. Wow. So there's a, a picture of all these founding families of Pine, Arizona. And so far in our, in our uh, travels through here, we met people who own part of the Hunt family farm or family ranch originally, the, the lavender farm. And then we met uh, Mr. Fuller, uh, Robert Fuller. Robert Fuller. We met him at the honey stand. He's a cousin of mine. He's a cousin oh, okay. of yours. Okay. All right. And who? And so, how did? Why did these? Why did these six families come down to Pine, Arizona? Brigham Young sent out proclamations all over asking families to go out and settle the West. Of course, Arizona has many, many towns that were settled by the LDS. Mm-hmm. We could, don't need to name them all, but there's more than have time to name. Sure. So they came down and they met the Gowan brothers that were at the Natural Bridge. 
Mm. And the Gowan brothers told them to a couple of different sites. They told them about an area where Pine Creek, East Verde, and the Verde all merge. Now today, there's a baby doll ranch down there. But in the early days, they called that Matazel City. Now it existed for a while, but the LDS did not stay there very long. But at the same time, they'd also came up here because the Gowan brothers indicated to them that they might be willing to sell this valley. Mm. So they also came up here and the Randall family mostly offered the money and the others offered cattle to the Gowan brothers and they purchased the valley for approximately $300 and so many had a cattle. I don't know the exact number of cattle. <laughs> yeah. So they were kind of in two places. In my grandfather's history, he talked about how they wanted to have the idea of having a, a winter area where it was warmer and a cooler area where they could come during the summer. Uh -huh. But the Apaches had other ideas. Uh -huh. So the Apaches kept raiding them when they were down there because, you know, the history of the Indians. Well, the, sure. the rivers were their highways. Sure. That's why you had grass and feed for your horses and right. their, so. And their cattle as well. And their cattle, whatever. Mm -hmm. So they actually killed a couple of the settlers there in Madisel City when they established it. So they all eventually came up here by 1879, 1880. They were all come up to Pine. Wow. So. And who are you related to on this one? I'm, I'm through the Fuller line. I am through Revilo Fuller. Three brothers came. Willis, Revilo, Hiram. Well, actually, Cornelius came for a while too, so there was four that actually came. Oh, wow. And then their mother, or I should call her their stepmother, also came. Alan Celeste Woodward Fuller okay. came here. So the Randalls are still the most predominant family here in town. There's at least. 10 families still living here. Within the Fuller family, there's about three families only here, myself being one of them and Robert, as we discussed. The Hunt family has a fair amount of family up in Strawberry. And a couple of people that are still in their cabins that they've inherited land upon to put cabins on. The Allen family, Eventually went back to Mesa. The Huff family went to Camp Verde, and from there I was told they went to California. Mm. Now that their name is spelled different than the normal people that you think of Huff. Right. But I was formed by the family that is German. So that's why it's spelled the way it is with the H O U G H Huff. They corrected me real quickly when they came in because I used to thought thought it was kind of more of a hoe, <laughs> which is kind uh, of what it is. What's, looking right. at it right away, I, that's what I get out of it immediately. Right, right. But uh, they came in and they, oh yeah, you can shut the door. They told me the name was pronounced Huff. Just remember, you're, you just climb a mountain and you're going to go Huff, Huff, Huff. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so they fixed me up right. Nice. So is it okay if we walk around a little bit? And you yeah, that's fine. I did, I did skip the Nelson family. The, oh. Nelson, the Nelson family pretty much went back to Mesa also. 
Okay. So the Nelsons and the Allens went back to Maesteg. Okay. Interesting. And presumably, when they went to those locations, they established new settlements or new churches and uh, okay, new stakes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. Now in Payson, the LDS were the first to go into Payson. They were in what we know as Green Valley there in Payson. Oh. And then they gradually moved further out away from the center of Payson. So a lot of the ranches that were by the LDS were scattered out of Payson. And of course they went down to Gysela and established it also. So those are towns that are in this area, but where eventually the LDS pretty much did not stay in them much longer after the turn of the 19th century for some reason. Right. That mm -hmm. the, There was kind of a, somewhere in the early, 1890s there was a fear again of the apaches rising up and it kind of led to some people being a little bit scared and that's why some of the families i understand it they don't come out clearly to say why some of them went to mesa and why they left here but it was always indicated that they thought the apaches were starting to organize on the reservation and come off again well mm -hmm. but i don't think that ever really happened right right that was a that was a big fear back then Right in those days, because people didn't understand yeah. each other. They didn't understand each other. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, wow. So, you've got uh, a variety of different artifacts, little parts of uh, pine in here, and probably some, some pieces of, of history that, that people have probably donated to you. Um, was it here that I heard that there was the old, there was an uh, old jail cell or something in here? Is that this? Museum? Oh, I never okay. never heard of that. Okay, it must have been a different museum. I was hearing. Some of the Randalls might have a little more knowledge on that, but I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't never heard of one being here. In the, in the, oh, interesting. So. I could have used the schoolhouse basement if they were going to have a jail. <laughs> the old schoolhouse actually has a basement under it, but really it's not that old because it was rebuilt in 1944, 1945 after some kids burnt the room. Prior one down. Oh, dude. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So uh, yeah, we ain't going to school anymore. We're gonna burn it. Uh, so about um, what what did what did people do for work originally when they were here? I mean, obviously there's ranching. The ranching was the main thing. Sure. But general they, store, sure. Yeah, the general store was done by Alan Celeste Woodward Fuller, who I was talking about. Uh huh. They also raised gardens. And they planted a lot of fruit trees here in town. Okay. Now I was just eating some apples. The apples are still the remnant of them, but there was apples, pears, cherries, wow. even apricot and peaches, which some years were successful and some years are not. Sure. And they made their apple crop successful every year by burning fires. Well. To keep the, when it felt like it was going to be cold, they'd go out and light up fires around, you know, there's plenty of pine around here to burn. Sure, <laughs> so sure. obviously they could guarantee themselves the apple crop by keeping the fields warm and hmm. the smoke going around and, you know, the frost doesn't settle in the... Right. That's, That's interesting. interesting. But, uh, yeah, those days are gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so at the front, uh, obviously we got some, some pictures here, but then we have uh, yeah. some different... Um, uh, uniforms, uh, different military uniforms, such there. Is that you want to kind of touch on some of these here with us, or 
Well, we had a man in here named Neil, and I forgot his last name now, that was a real history bust and a, one of our best helpers. He put together this military collection of World War II artifacts. He was able to get people to donate their uniforms and their hats and well, even boots and right down to that, uh, oh, my mind went blank there. Oh, Phil <laughs> Chaplin. Chapel, cha the Phil, Phil, Phil Chaplin. Chaplin yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah. so were these, these uniforms, is this more just for the museum or are these uniforms, the individuals that wore them have, a, have connections to, to Pine and Strawberry? Well, the farthest one over here is Lufkin Hunt, who's a long time, he's born here in Pine. And he and his wife have been here forever until he passed away, and she's still alive at 95. Wow. Mary Hunt. So you might find Mary up at the Strawberry Schoolhouse some days. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And others were here in town that Neil knew, and he got them to donate their uniforms and their sort of stories, a little bit of their stories of... World War II. So we have Navy. the Navy first, mm -hmm. then Marine, then uh, what was this one? No, it was uh, World War II Navy. Yeah, mm -hmm. two Navies in a row here. Mm -hmm. Somebody said once that they kind of caught one was a little bit dealt with maybe the Coast Guard too. And then, of course, we have the Army Phil Jacket. And then the Army Air Corps. Yeah, and then the Army Air Corps, which Lufkin Hunt was in. Huh? Neat. Yeah. My dad's uniform was slightly different than this one. He was in the 4th Army in the war. And I'm not... I forgot what this, which, which one this one is. 3rd Army. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> you um, you grew up here your whole life. No, but I've come here all my life. Oh. Because my grandmother sold the ranch when I was a young child. Oh. And with her selling the ranch, it kind of forced all of us to down to the valley. Okay, so, so you all went down into Phoenix. So, and... we, so we came up here at least seven, eight times a year all my life until my parents took over the homestead what was left of the ranch in 1980. Mm. And then I purchased it in 1912 for my brothers and sisters. Oh, okay. So I've been here since 1912 now, living in oh, town. Oh, yeah. When I retired from work. Nice. What kind of work did you do before this? I worked for AT&T. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah interesting, uh, interesting history there. So did uh, a lot of people end up going working with the Forest Service, or uh, I mean, was that a thing? When did that become a thing up here? Uh, well, do you remember that? Yeah, it would be in the teens when the Forest Service started coming in. Yeah. Prior to that, you just lived. You just well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because the yeah. state hadn't come yet, so prior to that, everything was under claims. Uh huh. You made claims and you improved it, mm -hmm. just like they did in Oklahoma and places where you went out and you claimed the land. You had to make improvements. Well, 
Sure. Obviously, they made nice improvements, and then eventually everyone got deeds to their land. Hmm. That's fascinating. So did your great, you said it was your great-grandpa or your grandpa? It's my grandfather. Yeah, did he talk about when they got statehood much? Did he ever mention any of that? Did it change anything uh, up here, you know? I think he talked a little bit about the, they thought it was going to be a little more civilized, but I don't know necessarily if it did or not. Right. Now, originally, when they came here, this land was in Yavapai County in the territory of Arizona at that time. Mm -hmm. And sometime in the 1880s or 1890s, they got moved over to Gila County. Okay. I wish in, the, in, my, in my own opinion, I wish they just stayed in Yavapai. Yeah. I'm not a great fan of <laughs> gold. Gotcha. Gold. gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. So uh, what, uh, what's back in the back? So we go from like, is there any uh, like timeline yeah, we, here? Well, the, the actual timeline would be the oldest, of course, would be going to the archaeological room where they did the dig in 73. With they, did Rooney. A, they did a dig in 73 here. Yeah. What were they looking for? Well, they were looking for artifacts. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I figured that. I mean, but mm -hmm. was there anything in particular that they were looking for? Well, they wanted to put the Catmans on there is what they were looking for in Baker Lee. Oh. <laughs> because they wanted them. It was on private land, so they wanted to salvage the dig, so ASU and... And uh, so you could see it was quite a... A Pueblo or a roundhouses, because they had roundhouses. Yeah. Roundhouses. Wow. And they got a lot, a lot of stuff. They yeah. found a lot of this pottery in and around there? What you do with my book? <laughs> my oh. helper, my helper's always moving my is books. This, is that it right there? No, it's a notebook. Where'd you go? <laughs> Well, there's a whole notebook that should be laying right here under this picture that describes the dig. Oh, really? That was done by Asia in the community. And they put all these pots back together. Yeah. That's amazing. But some of them were whole. ASU wound up with the ones that are whole. Sure. They're going to take the rest stuff. Right. Sure, well, you know, they're, they're, they're financing the dig, you know, the, yeah. they'll keep it. <laughs> Look at this thing with this stone with a carved design now, in it. That was Marion Lufkin Hunt on their property, their ranch. That was found. And they're very reputable people. And I, I, I think that stone was dropped by either some of Coronado's men or, or Corn, uh, what's the other one? Montezuma's men. Or, oh, yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it's so Spaniard. Look, look at, look, yeah. take a look at it. It's pretty interesting. But, uh, they won't say it's just hearsay, but that's fine. <laughs> well, you know, who who's, who was there to tell the story? You know what I mean? So, uh, it, as long as we know that it was uh, ancient and neat. Sandstone's all over here. Yeah. And it's easy to carve in. Right. I've even played around carving sandstone. I'm not that good of an artist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not my style either. That's not my style. Anyways, Very cool. This is uh, this is pretty amazing in here. And you got all the kachinas and and all and that those, stuff. Those were donated by the Randall family. Yeah. 
That's an interesting story. And then you got wagon wheels in here. Holy cow. Model T. Model, model T Ford. Look at that wheel. Yeah. Look, it actually had spokes, wooden spokes. Wooden spokes in the models. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. You can have any color you want, Mel, yeah, as long as it's black. black. <laughs> <laughs> I love that story. I love that story. Uh, oh, is this the. Um, Little, little tiny table or uh, desk for school. Yeah. No, yeah none, none of these were actually from Pine. But the, this one was crafted very much by the same type of people that would have crafted the desk in that era of the 18, uh, late 1800s. And, right. But this one came out of Camp Birdie that says over there. Okay. Wow. And are these those uh, uh, Abraham yeah, Lincoln? We got a list of presidents yeah. here. Yeah. Jackson, yeah. Nice. Got George up high. Yes, of course. <laughs> Where he needs to be, right? Okay, we'll come to this room later. Oh, oh this is the most modern room in the museum. So. Oh, that's the most modern room in the museum. All right. Is this the uh, the that, Pine Bridge or is that the railroad? No, that's, that's the flume for. The child's earring power plant that was put in in 1909 is when it started running and it powered most of the power went over to Camp Verde Cottonwood and up to Jerome for the mines. The mines funded it. This is like the so it's uh, down in Fossil Creek is where it was. Yeah, so I was just gonna say that they just took that out in Fossil Creek, right? Yeah, yeah. They removed it all now. That's fascinating. I should have talked to a bunch of people and see if we could have got a section of the flume to put out here. Oh, that would have been cool, huh? Yeah, that would have been cool. That would have been cool. But we did get a few artifacts from them. They're in there. We'll talk about them when we get over there. Yeah. But let's go wander back over towards... back into the back rooms here. Okay. Of course, as we go around the museum, the founding families, histories are on the wall. The first family, of course, is the Randalls over there where we first came in. Uh-huh. And we go to my Fuller ancestry. Now, this is my great-grandfather, Revital Fuller. He, he, he looks like a fun guy. I mean, look at that. Look at that. He's kind of got that little... Yeah, he, yeah, a little smirk on his face. <laughs> he remarried at 75, and my mother was his last child, born in 1923. Wow. So, so he had two wives after his first wife died. Sure. And as I was saying, Alan Celeste here is one of his mothers. Oh. Now, he came through a polygamous family. Oh, okay. Through Elijah Knapp Fuller, and he had six wives, as you can see here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my line comes to his very first wife. Oh, okay. And all of these that are in red are people that came here to Pine. Interesting. So, Alan Celeste brought a lot of her children here to Pine. And how did you keep this genealogy going? Well, our church is active in keeping genealogy going. Sure, so, sure, sure. So, and everybody's encouraged to 
make up their sheets like this and now you can do it all on the computer nowadays it's quite simple oh yeah 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 <laughs> that makes it a lot easier yeah uh-huh wow there you go making hay look at that picture yeah, throwing it up there in strawberry valley wow and this is an aerial footage or uh, aerial shot of pine yeah it's about the time the road was being paved and they're starting to this, by 58, they pretty much started grading all these roads out here that didn't be, used to be out here and selling them for cabins. You can see the cabins are already being built here by 1960, even though the road was still dirt. But by 1960, it was paved to Pace, and by 61, it was paved to here. And then, of course, on up the mountain all the way to Winslow eventually. Interesting. But yeah, you can see in these pictures, the road's still gravel. And it comes in here. Yeah. Now the original road that came into Pine was this one here, which is Old County Road, which came up here and then turned and went over here and met right here at Hearts Gravel. Hmm. That's that road that uh, Mr. Fuller was telling us about. Yeah. Interesting. Now his, his we're neighbors, of course, this is the property I'm on and his property is here. Yeah. Oh. Let me tell you guys about our weekend. We spent the entire day with Outdoor Adventure Centers in Cottonwood. What a great time. We went kayaking on the Verde River, and our guides made the adventure so much fun. Then we went out on the trails in an ATV rental, and we finished the day in Old Town Cottonwood with great food and wine tasting. It was such a perfect day with OAC Tours. We're already planning to go back, and I would highly recommend OACTours.com to everyone. Call 602-686-8530 to book your tour today, or go online at OACTours.com. Welcome back to the Not-So-Native Podcast. I'm Rob Lamb. I'm Aaron Bailey. What, uh, what's back in this way? More stuff now. We could talk about Friar Miller a little bit too. Oh, yeah, please. Friar Miller is a great uncle of mine. He married my great aunt, Katie, and he had this stone house built. Uh, I don't know where Friar, he was mo the most educated man around. He had actually got a degree back in Missouri and came out here and was a teacher. But I think he got his hands in a lot of the stuff because he's the only one that ever built a, <laughs> a stone house here in Pine right, and right. it still stands today. Really? Where's it at? It's just about four houses down that way on this side of the street. Okay. Neat. Wow. Still kind of looks like that. Wow. You know, it's, it's interesting to see the the history of areas and, and Pine has done, a, as far as I can tell, a good job of blending the old with the new. Yes, they have. Mm -hmm. and, and strawberry as well. It's like the whole community looks out for one another up in here. In, in we really try hard to. Yeah, yeah. You can, you can kind of feel it. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. That's fine. Now, this was, I've talked about Lufkin and Mary Hunt. That would be his father. 
Albert oh. looks good. There's strawberry. What did they grow in the fields mostly? I mean, why, uh, I mean, come on. And so, so my gut tells me strawberry was named for strawberries, but wild, wild it, strawberries. Wild strawberries. They found wild strawberries there in the, huh. in the huh. tree. Well, like, of course, you can see they raised corn. Sure. And you can see by the. I don't know why they did that. I'm not educated enough to know why they stacked their docks up like that. I don't know if they burned them eventually or what they did with those. Yeah, <laughs> but they, who knows? After they harvested them, they were always stacking them up. And that was harvested by hand. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. And they had their own rodeos here. Payson had fancier rodeos, and Prescott, of course, had fancier rodeos, but they did little rodeos around here, too. Do they still have a rodeo? I know the Payson still has Payson a rodeo. Still, no. No rodeos anymore. We do try to do a Founders Day parade every so often. Uh -huh. They used to do them a little more regular. These are kind of Founder Day's activities, but most of these things here where you see people doing stuff, Fourth of July, and most of the things were done in July. Seem to be a popular month still today. Okay. <laughs> of course, they. Immediately after they got the water rights, they immediately dug ditches from up the canyon and put the water into a ditch and ran it down through town so they could water and irrigate. And they did the same thing in Strawberry where they pulled the land out and then they all said wells. You have to have both. Right. Wow. Oh. Yeah, that door keeps creaking. <laughs> yeah, it kind of adds to the ambiance. <laughs> Interesting. Wow. Now the ceiling in here is quite beautiful. It is. I was just it's, admiring it. It's it is tin, because I remember when it was kind of getting grayish, <laughs> and then they painted it. This white it is now. So that is the original ceiling. That, that's the original ceiling. Wow. Unfortunately, when the school remodeled it, they all these walls here, they put low ceilings. They left the high ceilings so we could see the rest of this. That upset me a little bit that you now can't see the rest of it unless you go up in the attic. And uh, I poke my head up there and it's filthy up there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay, we can wander back this way. And we'll get more into the lifestyle here in Pine and Strawberry. Oh. So the Hunt family built an egg ranch up there in Strawberry. The remnants is still there on the Hunt property. I keep telling them to rebuild this thing. It still sits up there, just needs rebuilding. Where the lavender farm is? No, that's, this is up in Strawberry. Oh. Almost, almost as you go down Fossil Creek Road, where you make the bend, uh -huh. their property is just prior to prior to the bend there. Mm. And that's where this egg ranch is. But Albert Hunt was the oldest son of uh, Lufkin and Mary. Says, yeah, I should restore that thing, but <laughs> says I don't have the time and the money. <laughs> but it, it's still up there. Like I say, the roof's getting all saggy on it. 
Mm. But they did eggs and sold their eggs. And they had quite an operation for upping a little strawberry. You, they could get a, a lot of chickens in there. Now these were for feeding the chickens to give them a little greenery during the winter. Okay. So you put, like it says, corn, wheat, or oaks in there, and you'd sprout them and let them grow. You had these in the water, and then you bring them in and out, and then when it got a lot of grass in there, they'd pop them open and let the chickens go and eat that grass, and it's supposed to give them better eggs. Wow. This is interesting right here. Yeah, that was donated to World War One fencing and pictures. That just looks menacing. This yeah. uh, barbed wire. Yeah, the, yeah. That uh, World War One just gives me the chills. Oh, yeah. The Civil War too, but none of my ancestry were anywhere near the Civil War. We were all way out here in the West, but then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's still, uh, still. Yeah, it gives you the. The only war that. Saints ever got involved in was the Mexican War when they formed the Mormon Battalion and they marched from up in Iowa all the way down to San Diego and then up to Los Angeles. Mm. They never had a battle. The only battle they ever had was some wild bulls. <laughs> <laughs> some wild bulls charged through their camp. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, Who on the... Uh, is this a subdivision? Yeah, that's a subdivision in south of town here that was divided out and subsidized. Subdivided. Oh, I can't even say the word. Subdivided. And sold off for cabins. Called it Summer Haven. For all the Phoenicians. Yeah. Or Phoenix area. Yeah. Now, they also did lumbering here. Didn't get into that, did I? Yeah, I was so, going to ask about that. Early on, they built a stream powered where the ditch ran over a water wheel and, and turned a saw. But by the time these pictures wouldn't have, pictures are getting better, they had invested in a steam tractor. And that's sawmill, as you see here. Look at the blade on that thing. When I was a kid, that was still here in town. When we come up, I, wow. it was sitting out here, just about here, behind here a little bit. And you'd get out there and spin this thing. Oh, today, parents would have a fit if you knew the kids out there <laughs> spinning this and going over and trying to saw wood with a dull blade. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. That slap you back in the face. Yeah, that would be interesting. Nobody oh. cared then. They just do what we wanted. <laughs> yeah, right. We can make more. <laughs> you got some old furniture in this? Yeah. yeah, we got some old furniture. And of course, more of the how they knock the trees down. Of course, these great big saws the, the two man and the one man. And a buck saw for smaller, finer work. Hand saw with a metal handle instead of a wood handle. All the types of barbed wire that they could find are on there. There's many of them I've never seen before. We're familiar with most of the barbed ones, but some of those, uh, the barbs are quite different. 
the, what, uh, what did they say? Uh, the, the real settler of the West was Bob Ware. Yeah. So, that is one there. I find really interesting. Where's that one with the birds on The brass birds, it's on there somewhere. All the way up, the one at the top? Way up there, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So they're trying to annoy the cattle, the birds. <laughs> I don't know if that worked or not. It worked for people, but I'm not sure about. It must have worked, I guess, somewhat. Interesting. Some of them are so fine, I don't know how well they work. You can see that one up there that's really, I mean, it's like 20 something gauge wire. That's really pretty thin for keeping cattle. <laughs> Right. Is that a set of Encyclopedia Britannicas? I think so. <laughs> it's been a while since I read which brand. Uh, or is it World Book? My memo used to sell those. I can't remember. Well, they're novels. Oh, they're those are all. Zane novels, I remember now. They're all oh, Zane those are all Zane Grey novels. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Wow. Well, we kind of, here, look, I'll give you a little, come back here real quick. Oh. This is the Allen family, of course, which I said. Oh, yeah, family, we so. don't want to, yeah. They're big claim to fame when my mother was young. These kids were around her age that had these triplet boys, and she said they were quite the terror. <laughs> <laughs> they had a rough day that day. <laughs> they looked exhausted. They're exhausted, and they're just covered with dirt. <laughs> Mm. Now, here we have some shots of the Gowan brothers down there at the bridge. I heard that there's a secret bridge or something. People call it the secret bridge up here. Like a bridge oh. under a bridge. I don't know about that one. There's, oh. some, there's sinkholes around and there's a few caves around. But... This is like, um, uh, it's, I think it's coming into town or going out of town, I don't know, depending on which way you're going. Yeah, there's the one. new bridge is built over the old bridge or something like that, so. Interesting, nonetheless. Well, <clears throat> the Verde River, or the East Verde River, I should say, the old bridge was way down low, and they built the other bridge right over top of it. Oh yeah, that's it. So that's, that's what they're probably referring to. Yeah, yeah. The bridge originally over the East Verde there, I can remember as a child, in some of the heavy, heavy rains, the water would be lapping at the base of it. Oh, wow. wow. If it wasn't that high when the Verde got heavy, heavy rains. The East Verde can flood pretty good. You, the people down there in the, the estates can get trapped by the creek over that concrete bridge they have there. But uh, this picture of the bridge, really shows how they used it as a ranch and farming. So, but to see the actual bridge is right here. Mm -hmm. And they, they raised crops on it and they raised crops up on where the lodge is today. They had their house and barn up in there, outbuildings. Interesting. Interesting what you can come across, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Interesting to see. David seemed to be the leader of the 
Gowan brothers. He seems to, in all the history, his name is put out first. <laughs> mm. Nice. Now we actually have this table over here in the museum. It's out front. Oh, is that that table? I saw it actually. That's wow. A sing is that a singer sewing machine? Yeah, it that's is. A that's a singer. Yeah. We have a much older one then over here. Oh yeah. And it's a Williams Cox sewing machine. Yeah. It's much finer work. <laughs> have to be careful of how small it was. <laughs> yeah, right? Interesting. Can you imagine? Wow. Yeah. So the, this was quite an improvement over here where you got a bigger area to put your cloth and sew with. Right. Precisely. My mother has one, a singer sewing machine that says Made in U.S. Occupied Japan. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Interesting stamp. Yeah, basically this is to give the the ladies that come into the museum an idea of what life was like. An awful lot of this back here, once we made the bend is let them see the stuff that was for them to use. Right. And of course this has been a parlor. That's what they Referred to as your sitting room, a parlor, and then of course the dining room. And then the, the next room here is a typical parents' bedroom. What, what interests what interests me a lot is knowing that they actually, when you look at old cowboy movies, and you see them walking around with big heavy wool coats on, even in the summertime, that they actually did it. <laughs> That's fascinating to me. Because I don't think that I would do that. I mean, I could yeah. barely wear pants in the summertime. Of course, the reverse ball here gets into ranching. Oh. We've got all the brands here. That we're in this area. And we've got some pictures of roundups. And... and you kind of get an idea that the cattle ate the grass. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of why they didn't have forest fires, because the cattle are pretty good at eating. And then there were sheep people that come through too, but they stayed usually up higher and come down into here. But they ate the grass more up on the top of the mesas. Yeah, I, I just learned that sheep are pretty, can decimate. Yeah, they can really chew. Well, because they don't, they don't know to stop, and yeah. so they'll eat the root out of the grass. Yeah, they'll, they'll, yeah, they chew right to the. Yeah, until they get all of it. All of it. Yeah. Now that's my great uncle Pryor Miller again. Like I said, I don't know where he, he got all his money from living here in Pine, but he had the fanciest horse in town by any means. <laughs> that's a that's a pretty horse. Besides the fanciest house. <laughs> Well, you know. He was college educated, and I don't know all I did. Even his kids say, I've had them in here in the museum and asked them, well, how did Pryor do all this? And they said, I don't know. <laughs> he just he just did it. <laughs> he just did it. Yeah. 
of course, the finer woman's room here is all the stuff that ladies are glad they don't have to use nowadays. Right? <laughs> Some of this stuff looks like stuff I use when I go camping. Yeah, you could. <laughs> <laughs> and that kerosene stove could still be used. Put your kerosene in it. Wow. And the butter, got the butter churns and all these different utensils, this cooler cabinet, which is the predecessor of a refrigerator. Really? <laughs> just, Where would you put the ice? You didn't put any ice in it. You just relied upon Mother Nature in the wind oh. to cool your stuff. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like a, a, screen. a really small screen on yeah. it, like a, a fly screen. Yeah, real small. Wow. Keep the flies out. And yeah. They could put gunny sacks, wet gunny sacks over it too. Oh, right, to yeah, get some evaporation, blow. yeah. Yeah. Actual black flag sprayer. Just like in the cartoons I used to watch yeah. as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> this Maytag, of course, is the most modern thing in this room, even though it's from the 40s. <laughs> wow. All the wash tubs are much older. And all the heavy irons. I was surprised that my forebears were able to get so many irons. I guess they, people kept the irons quite well. They've got everything from the, the stove top to the ones you put coals in, the one that runs on Coleman fuel or white gas. <laughs> How dangerous is that? I don't know. <laughs> With almost all, you have some kind of oil on the iron. <laughs> yeah. Especially the Coleman one here, the diamond that was maker. Yeah. This little pump stock broke it off of it. And you, just like the Coleman lamp, you can see all the fixtures there, and then it had the little pump, you pumped it up, and of course you were burning a flame. <laughs> I, I think that I would live with a wrinkle. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> well. Fascinating. Wow. Yep, I would live with a wrinkle. <laughs> We're gonna go to the most modern room in the, uh, or modern history? Yeah, we'll start more modern here now. All right. Although we didn't go down to one wall, it's still older stuff, but. This wall here is kind of in the 20s. We get over here. So this, these pictures are all taken in the 20s. But then people are getting brave enough to bang their cars up those old wagon roads and get them up here. Wow. <laughs> so this was, almost everybody had a fence because a, a lot of the cattle roamed loose, so. And the elk? And the elk, well, they, Pretty well ate the elk. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they ate the elk because they didn't like the elk eating their apples and their gardens. So the government complained about everybody getting rid of the elks. Elks are actually so simple to get. They're, they're, they're just too much like a cow. They just wander in and they stand around and eat and they stand around and look at you and then they go over and eat something you don't want to eat. And, and of course they decide, well, I'm not gonna, I can sell my cow, I can eat that elk. Mm, yeah. Yeah. The deer didn't bother them as much. Deer are a little more finicky. And 
are a little bit easier to keep out of areas. Deer wouldn't necessarily jump jump that fence unless they were scared. Right. So, but the elk can clear it quite easily. <laughs> now, this morning I was in, we were at the honey stand. Yeah, with Robert. Mm-hmm. And along the the road, I saw some water running. Does it still? If that's still, we still irrigate with the, the leftover. The, the canal is still running? With the leftover water that we don't use for the cleaned up water for the domestic drinking water, we irrigate with what's left over. Yeah, I saw it, run, it was running down like a gutter along. The, I mean, it wasn't a gutter. It was just like the, like probably this old ditch. Yeah, and it was leaking out of my property. Oh, is that your property? It was my turn all last night, and I don't keep a good control of it as I should. Oh. <laughs> so I was losing okay. losing some down the street today. Okay. All right. I get it. I understand now. All right. Let's see how it goes. Hmm. Now, what's the big door that's on the big iron door? That was built by a man named Marvin Gardner. That's one in here. See it. It's called The Door by Marvin Gardner. Now, he moved to Georgia after he lived here for several years, but he made this door, and it tells a historical story of this area. Oh, wow. He got a lot of stuff up in Winslow from the railroad, these older bolts that bolted the tracks together and big square nuts on them, so... Those washers are pretty fancy. They're all cast and marked. Then you get to his handiwork, where I I call him an artisan welder. Yeah. I'm a bird peck welder. <laughs> or I could say worse word than that, but. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. It's a family show, Mel. It's a family show. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But, yeah, he's. Starts off with, of course, the Native Americans, some of their imagery, and works his way down to the settlers coming in here with the, and the schoolhouse. Yeah, schoolhouses and oxen that brought them in and the wagon wheels, and down to his blacksmithing stuff and plows. <laughs> what? You can turn it back on, I'll tell you. Basically, this is the room that's a pictorial pictograph of pine from the mid-1970s. It gives people an idea how the town has changed. Just looking at all these pictures that are on the wall in here. So, it says from the last 30 years, but it's much closer to 50 now. And I need yeah. to probably get up there and scrape the threes off and put the five. <laughs> time, time doesn't stop. Time right? doesn't stop. I mean, most of these were taken in Anywhere from 74 to 77. Okay. So 70 by 20, 24, we'll definitely be looking at 50 years, hmm. <laughs> not 30. <laughs> That's more pictures here, more, more modern from 90s or early 2000s? No, those are, those are all still in the, well, there's a few of things that are in the early 2000s, but the, about the only thing that's really was when they were moving the little library. It used to be sitting back behind the cultural hall, kind of off to the side, and then they moved it down to where it's sitting on the Randall's property there, the Randall House restaurant. It's 
And unfortunately, we don't have enough staff to open it anymore. It needs a real good cleaning before anybody could go into it. Sure. It's mm -hmm. been like six years since anybody's been even, I haven't even opened the door in six years. Wow. <laughs> Just uh, the lack of not having enough volunteers. Uh, this picture of Mary, Mary Ellen, uh, I'm sorry, remind me again, what is that? Mary Ellen, they lived in the what's now called the Randall House, the little white one that's the restaurant. Mary Ellen and George, that was their home. And prior to that, it was his parents' home. Gotcha. Now, Ralph Fuller, that is Bob Fuller's, or Robert Fuller's dad. And Ralph was quite a character. I'll show you some pictures of Ralph over here doing parades. He, he, he loved the parade. He... Oh, he built <laughs> contraptions. He's got his little scooter there pulling the wagon. Yeah, down here he's a mountain man. Yeah, that's great. That's this is from the pioneer day. Yeah, pioneer day. That's the beauty of small towns. Yeah, they used to be able to close the highway and go up and down, and they'd tell the people who were coming in. To Park over and watch the parade. It wasn't going to be that long. Right. <laughs> no, you can't do that. <laughs> They'd be blaring their horns and uh, yeah, and little, other things. <laughs> a little different now. So, so if we do a parade now, we do it up Randall Drive, which is a side street that goes out that way. So, quick question for you, Mel: uh, If somebody wanted to come and see the museum, uh, what would they? Do do like we did and yeah, just call, call you. And is there a number? Yeah. Is there a different number on the website? Or um, well, right out there on the sign, I have my same numbers that you've dialed. Okay, all right. So they can call me anytime if I'm home. I'll, I'll respond and to open them. And and if I'm not home, I'll tell them when I'm here. Here, and I'll be back there by then. If you want to wait around, right? Uh, okay, all right. But well, it's it's been a very interesting tour <laughs> yes well you know a lot of things you just you you see what's here today and you don't know sometimes people don't know where it came from yeah you know what right. I mean? yeah and then you're the, the museum supported by donations correct yeah just donations donations okay we do try and do some fundraisers but i found most of our fundraisers we spend more money putting it on than we make sure <laughs> Sure. Makes you wonder a little bit. Oh, I got the Chinese candle. <laughs> well, that looks like a crane fly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a little bit on the, what I was talking about, the power plant down there. It's got the sound there and down in Fossil Creek. Oh, yeah. I love that place. I was so sad to see it caught on fire. Yeah. It was, that's... But it'll it'll restore itself. It'll restore itself. It's just gotta, people gotta leave it alone for I a while. I just feel a little sad that they took the uh, power plant out of there because if the power plant was still operating down there, the road would have been open from this side. Mm. They would have blown, yeah. blown the boulder up and cut off the road, and they could have stopped spotted the fire and got over there a lot quicker to put it out. I've been down yeah. that way from here, like twice, yeah. and uh, it should be a one way only. <laughs> Yeah, it could be. Because when people were coming back up, yeah, it could they, they, be. It oh could my been, God, yeah. it was. It could have been designed, you went down in the morning, yeah. and then after a certain point, it was 
everybody has to come back out. That well, yeah, because yeah, yeah. there was one time I was passing somebody, they oh, were yeah. coming up, I was going down, and I, I swear, we, we, yeah, we almost were here. Yeah, well, <laughs> one of my uncles did drive off of that and, and did live. <laughs> he, yeah. he claimed some headlights blinded him and he drove off. Oh, <laughs> he well, was, he was kind of like Ralph over a character who never knew what was what he was going to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much for spending the time with us. I know it's an hour out of your day, and I appreciate you That's fine. sharing the story with us and with our listeners. And uh, we hope uh, people will come up here and uh, you know visit and make a donation and come check this place out because mm-hmm. it's, it's a wonderful it's really museum. Interesting. It's a wonderful little hidden museum here in the mountains. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much. Appreciate the time. You're very welcome. Have a great day. Hey, Aaron, why do you have so many cracks in your windshield? Ah, uh, you know, I just don't want to be taken care of. Such a hassle. What are you talking about? You just call Robert over at Gecko Glass. He'll take care of it for you. He comes to you. Fixes it wherever you are. Wherever I'm at? Yeah, wherever you are. You could be at the zoo, wherever. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Well, maybe I should call Robert at Gecko Glass. Will he call my insurance company, too? Yep, he'll take care of all that for you. Just call him at 480 200 2237. You got a pen? Uh, it's 480-200-2377. Thank you for joining us here at the Not So Native Podcast. Be sure to check us out on our website, notsonativepodcast.com, and leave a comment or two. Also, follow us on social media to get the latest update on our adventures. Until next time. Until next time.